Hello and welcome to Inspired, your grown-up girl talk. I'm Stacy Fleece with my co-host Samantha Tradelius today. Samantha, how are you on this fall day? Autumn day. Autumn? Autumn, yes, the leaves are changing. I feel like it's been a minute since we've been together, young lady. So it's nice to see your face. It it has been a minute, um, and it's all good. Um, and I'm I'm super excited about today because, as you know, I've sort of been on this um, nutrition journey for the last year as I've tried to navigate these changes in my body as we age, uh, that I am not happy with and don't fully understand. So, um, this one I'm going to take very deeply and personally, (laughs) but I'm actually super excited that we have with us Francesca Orlando of healthful living, healthful living SD.com being the official website. Um, Francesca, how are you today? Hi ladies. I'm great. It's so good to see you both. It's and thank you for having me have you here. You are, and I, I don't understand quite all of these words. So you, you are going to have to explain it uh, for me and my friends who maybe don't also a science-based integrative nutritionist and health coach. Um, and you, you are all about evidence-based practices, but first of all, you, I mean, you've got a master of science in integrative nutrition. You're pursuing your do- doctorate in integrative health. What does integrative health, integrative nutrition what does that mean? Basically, I don't just look at diet, you know, and your body's way of uh, breaking down and absorbing nutrients, but I also look at, uh, you know, your sleep, your stress levels, your emotions, your connections, because we do understand in medicine that we are not just the product of one biological or physiological process. So like nutrition or the way of eating, but Also, the way we absorb nutrients, the way our digestion works, the way our physiology works, it's it's influenced by, you know, uh, other aspects of our lives, just like sleep and stress and emotions and relations. So integrative means integrative, all of those aspects into my nutrition practice. And when I work with you, I present you with a plan that does not just includes your food and nutrition and macros or whatever it is that we decide to do together, but also your, you know, what I call accessory aspects to health, which is, you know, your sleep and we work on your stress response. We work on, uh, you know, eliminating triggers that come with life. So this is really taking the nutrition as part of the whole and really treating the whole. Yes. Yes, holistic, integrative, I guess it's the new word for holistic. We're more familiar with that. So here's what I dig about you, Francesca. You are a woman who's got some major degrees. You're going after your doctorate. Um, There's not many times where we do get to speak to people in this space that have, you know, a lot of education at the next level. So that I'm going to check many boxes as just being a yes girl. Let's take it down a notch, though, for... For those of us that don't necessarily always fully understand how bad the shit that we eat is, okay? And so in your bio, I was reading that you came from somewhere else to America six years ago, and I asked you where you came from, and you said Italy. And you said that in your bio, you said, when I moved here, 
my body just basically was like shutting down. And I'm like, oh yeah, a hundred percent. Because the way that we eat here in the States is so much different than the way you eat everywhere else in the world. And part of our problems as a society here in the US, I think a lot of it has to do with what we eat. So break it down for us from someone Mm -hmm. who's been somewhere else and come here and is the smart one in the room when it comes to food. How bad is the shit that we're putting in our mouths? It's bad. It's it's pretty bad. And you know, when I moved here, I did not uh, come here from Italy. It was 16 years ago and eat, you know, started eating a diet full of processed foods, full of junk food. What I did, uh, I, I moved here, I got a culture shock looking at the way people looked, like how sick everyone looked, how, uh, uh, you know, no energy, no vitality. It just made me so sad. And I was determined not to be that person that comes here and becomes a zombie, right? And so what I did is I started reading everything I could about the USDA guidelines and what what, what am I supposed to eat here? I'm so confused. So I switched from eating whole eggs to egg whites. I started eating a bunch of tofu. And so if I started following the pyramid guidelines and that literally almost killed me. Mm-hmm. Until I met a very wise man who was like, are you stupid? (laughs) Those were the words. And I'm like, what do you mean, Sean? I'm doing everything right. I'm following the pyramid guidelines. And he reiterated the question. I was like, are you stupid? And he was like, just go back to your roots. Whatever you did before moving here, that was working. What you're doing here, it's not working. You know, the issue with that statement is that it's so hard to go back to your roots in a place where you can't find the foods you grew up with. Well, now hold on, though, because we all grew up in elementary school learning the pyramid. And like we all we all had the the rainbow of different uh, different food types on the pyramid and what we Uh should. So when you say when you came here in 2006 and you started eating the quote unquote standard American diet. With, and and your health fell apart. Are you saying that the pyramid is the standard American diet that you were following? And what the fuck is wrong with it? Because that's what we all, this is what we all know. Yeah, this is what we're supposed to eat, but we're not supposed yeah. to be eating it. No, no. And I, I, I guess we're all different metabolically, genetically, you know, environmentally speaking, what works for one might not work for another. And that's a big part of my work, right? I'm not telling you that what I eat is the gospel or what I eat will work for you. My job is to figure out what will work for you based on your genetics, your lifestyle, the stage of life that you're in. But definitely the nine servings of grains and the the 11 servings of veggies and, you know, using animal protein as a side or as a condiment did not work for my body at all. And it wasn't until I removed all the grains and I removed all the white, basically, uh, and made my diet an animal-based diet that I went back into, you know, thriving and being, you know, vibrant and healthy. And I mean, we've traveled, we've traveled quite a bit, Stacey and I, but Anytime I've ever been anywhere other than America, you look around at the people that you're walking mm-hmm. next to. They don't look like American people. Not that there's no, anything don't. wrong with American people, but the way that they eat, their mentality around food and ours are very different culturally. And I think a lot of our habits that we've acquired, the, the quick, easy meals that aren't 
serving us well um, is something that is a inherent problem. And, you know, obviously no wonder so many people seek out professionals like yourself because they see that they don't feel good and they don't look the way that they want to look. And so they've got to make some changes. Now, something that we have kind of touched on, but not really touched on is this new craze of these diet drugs that people are taking, these Ozempics and these different things. Like, can you help me understand, like, what is that? It can't be good long-term, right? I mean, I don't, I'm not a doctor, but right. no silver bullet when it comes to weight loss. I, I know that much. So help us understand here. Well, the semaglutide is a peptide that affects the way your body uh, produces insulin and uh, assimilate glucose, basically. And when used in, in the realm of weight loss, what it really does is that, well, it works on your insulin it, and it works on your appetite and it works on your stomach function. So there are, um, basically it cuts your appetite, right? So that's the way it works because it shuts down your hunger levels. You eat less. When you eat less, you restrict calories. When you restrict calories, you lose weight. The issue is that this is a drug that was conceived to manage type 2 diabetes and not for weight loss. But of course, you know, every time <laughs> we use a drug and we see that it has some awesome side effects, we're like, in the same thing was for, for Wellbutrin, which was a drug that was created as an antidepressant that they figured out it does not work for uh, depression, but it works for addiction. So then we started using Wellbutrin for weight loss or binge eating disorder, uh, smoking sensation, cessation, and that kind of stuff. So they figured out, oh, we can make money selling this drug as a weight loss drug. Let, let's market it. Let's, let's get it out there. Let's charge insurance $1,500 a month for it. People will lose weight. But then the issue is that when you stop the medication, your hunger comes back. <clears throat> and what they're seeing long term, because there were no studies on it, is that a lot of people are affected by a condition that's called gastric paresis. So their stomach literally paralyzes it. Oh. Uh, because one of the way it works by slowing down your hunger is that it slows gastric emptying, meaning that the time that it takes your food to leave the stomach to go into the intestines becomes stretched. So it's longer than normal, which is what makes you feel fuller longer. Uh, but a lot of people are experiencing a paralysis of their gastric uh, muscle, of their stomach muscle that is not reversing as they stop the medication. So what so happens? They can't poop? They, so basically their food does not move further south in the digestive system. So not only they can't poop, but they don't assimilate nutrients because nutrient assimilation happens in the uh, small and large intestine, small intestine for the majority of it, and then in some uh, parts in the large intestine. And then the food, the longer it sits in your stomach, the longer it stays there, the, the more it rots. Yeah. So you can get things like stomach ulcers, you will get uh, gastric esophageal reflux, GERD or heartburn, and it changes your microbiome. I mean, it has a repercussion uh, in your entire digestive system. And then, of course, in your blood sugar regulation system, because you're not getting, you know, glucose uh, in the circulation. So you can get hypoglycemic. You can experience all sorts of, uh, you know, <laughs> issues okay. unrelated to digestion and weight loss. 
that alone should be the like poster of just don't try to treat this with drugs. Like let's let's try to treat this in in like a lifestyle mode. In I don't know, but but here's. But it's always the same. Do you remember a few years ago, they came up with this drug Orlistat? It was, uh, do I get sued if I do names? No. No. Okay, so it was marketed under the brand name of Ally. A-L-L-I. You know, and that's a drug that prevents your body from breaking down fatty acids and absorbing it, meaning that you eat fat, you poop fat. Yeah. And people were more... uh, I don't know, inclined to take that drag and literally shit their pants. Then start a, 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 a sustainable weight loss program, whatever it looked for them, whether it was a time restricted program or calorie restricted or macro restricted, whatever it is. No, I'll just take this drug so I won't absorb all of the fat that I'm eating coming from God knows what sources, right? Because there's a big difference between a fat coming from avocado or, you know, a handful ah. of nuts and a fat coming from ice cream or pizza. And they would have rather sat on the toilet for an entire afternoon with terrible diarrhea and cramps than, than just know, eating better, eat and a just... salad and move. I don't know. They don't want, they don't want to do the work. They want what's easy and it's easier to take a pill. And I guess on some level to shit all afternoon than it is to focus and learn the nutritional aspects of the different foods and how they work together. By the way, this is very hard work. This is, this is not, it's not easy. So let's just say it for what it is. It's complicated. It's hard. There's 46,000 different people telling you 46,000 different things. It's really hard to know what's right, what's wrong, what works, what doesn't. And the pill just seems easy. Now, uh, the results sound awful. So is that even still on the market? Like I would never want that. It is. It's still an it's over the counter now. I mean, it's been over the counter for a long time. The issue with, with this, and you're so right, is that unlike any other drug, we can't abstain from eating. You know, you can get sober, you can get clean, you can stop using heroin, cocaine, you name it, Adderall, whatever you can't stop eating. It's something you have to do two, three, four, five times a day, every day. And it's it's something that's also considered a nuisance in our culture. People think that eating is a nuisance. People, they walk into my office, the first thing they say, I don't want to cook. Like, why are you here? (laughs) I mean, we're in a a day and age in which we can, oop, my seat, in which we can use tools like meal delivery services. We can go to a salad bar. We, I can help you eat better without you ever even set foot in the kitchen. But is that what you really want? Like be so disconnected from your food supply and the food that you eat that, you know, if, if you get out of your comfort zone or your routine for a day, you, you, you don't even know how to feed yourself. But I think coming from a high, like a 35,000 level up here, like when you look down at all the different things like we've got going on in our lives, you know, and all this Mm -hmm. just shit coming at us literally constantly with life and kids and schedules and over overdoing it in every way we possibly can. Then when it comes to like the basic fundamentals of functionality, you know, putting fuel in our bodies, we don't give ourselves that moment 
to do it the right way because maybe we literally have no space in our time bucket because we're doing all these things. And going back to what Stacy says, it is hard work. Like I went on a journey beginning of the year where I was like, okay, I'm going to like, I hired a trainer. I lift weights. I go five days a week. I completely augmented the way I ate because I was like, you know, I wanted this for me and I wanted to just like change the way I was feeling about like my sluggishness and it changed my life. And now it's Mm -hmm. like, I don't even know who I was before, but that's not feasible for most, you know, everyday women that are juggling family and work and all these things. And so what are some like easy tools that like, you know, an an everyday person who's not going to go full kill this way, but like, what are just some easy things that people can do to help better their lifestyle when it comes to their nutrition? I think planning and prepping is key. For the majority of us, it doesn't exist opening the fridge and see what's in there and whipping up a meal in five minutes. You need to make a cognizant choice of going to the store and, you know, use all the tools that you have to cut the time that you spend in the kitchen. Now, I don't wash the veggies anymore. Like I'm busy. I'm, a, I'm taking my doctorate. I have two young boys. I have a practice that I run full time. I'm trying to have a social life. I have a partner. So I cut corners whenever I can, which means I spend a little more money, mm-hmm. but I will, you know, buy the veggies that are already washed. For example, I uh, invested in some really good appliances. I have a crock pot. I have a Instapot. I come home, I throw stuff in there and I forget about it for a few hours. And then my dinner is made, but it is, you know, you got to build a habit, like every habit, like go, starting to run, starting to walk, starting an exercise program. You don't just suddenly wake up one day and do it. You got to work towards it. So I always tell my people, if you can afford it, make your life simpler. Involve your family. My kids cut their cut veggies. They wash fruit. They make their own smoothies. My five-year-old knows how to make smoothies. You know, I'm no one servant that my kids understand that I'm busy They're They are my priority, but they love to be in the kitchen with me. They love helping me. Uh, they love seeing how it's done. So, uh, you know, I think, I think it's, great out- it's teaching them too, about having this healthy oh, yeah. relationship with food rather than just going through the drive through line, because it's Wednesday night and I'm tired and I don't want to do it. Now, granted, like there are going to be those nights where we're going to go grab Absolutely. a because mom's freaking over it. But for the most part, I think, you know, the family that can cook and enjoy a meal. And I mean, one of the things I always grew up with was we sat down and we had dinner. And it's one of the things that I do with my family every night is we sit down and we have dinner. And I do think it's an important part of a, a family relationship to sit down and have a meal. Absolutely. And I want them to see we have this beautiful home with this open space kitchen. So even if they're not physically helping me they see me they watch me and I remind them all the time I'm raising two boys I'm like feed it yourself it's not a woman's job it's your job you know and the day you find a partner and you build a life with this partner it's 50 50 if she cooks you do the dishes if you cook she can do the dishes but it do not expect people to (laughs) serve you or like "Uh uh-huh you aim for charming sweetheart yeah. So my son, uh, actually my eldest was night now for the last three years, every summer, he picks a couple of uh, cooking summer camps that are uh, locally, we go to Sur La Table. 
their offer there and he that's his favorite summer camp to do it's not easy for me because they're only two hours so it means that I <laughs> you know I don't get to drop him off for a day and go to work I'm like sh- shuttling everywhere but he loves it he knows how to make pasta from scratch he learned how to make you know pizza he can braise he can chop he I'm, those are skills that our kids need to learn It's a very Montessori style of raising children. And my kids had knives in their hands when they were, you know, uh, old enough to hold it. I love safe knives, of course. And I love that you work with women and families. Like it's not just, you know, serving one of the family. It's really trying to trying to change the approach for all. There are so many different sort of quote unquote health change opportunities out there. Um, I would just, I would love to do a little speed round with you and just get mm-hmm. your quick hit initial reaction to some of these popular ways that people are supposedly changing their diet and their lifestyle. Hold on, so poker face on. Number one, low carb, no carb diet. It works for some. It works for a lot of people who have blood sugar, metabolism issues, diabetes. They're really helpful uh, with brain issues, especially neurological dysfunction. So stroke recovery, epilepsy. Uh, There's a documented body of peer-reviewed science that show that low-carb, no-carb helps the brain recover faster after a stroke and helps manage seizures in those with uh, refractory Epilepsy refractory means someone who does not respond to medication. That's uh, fascinating and not the response I thought I was going to get. Good. So I love that. Okay, let's <laughs> two intermittent fasting. It's another way to calorie restrict. So what I tell my clients is if it naturally works for you, do it. Naturally means if you can fast without being hangry, losing your shit at everyone, uh, feeling lightheaded yes do it for some people fasting it's like a muscle that needs to be trained so they can't go from eating five times a day to fasting 16 hours but they can train their body to fast starting at 12 hours and then getting longer increments with each week it's just a way to restrict calories you know you know if you think about it and it's probably a way that mimics the way we wear in ancient times, like you would hunt down a mammoth, you would not be grazing on the mammoth all day. You would gorge, you would say what you could say, you would ferment what you could ferment, and then you wouldn't eat again until the next kill. It doesn't necessarily mean that it works for our physiology now because we have so many more stressors that come our way. And I find that some people just can't naturally fast. The same way that some people need more carbs to function uh, for sleep, for hormones, that's that's the beauty. We're all different. So the diet that works for you might not work for me, might not work for my assistant, depending. But they're, those both those are both good uh, ways of eating for people that for those who work make it work for them. <laughs> How about number three, paleo? Okay, yeah. I mean. I am celiac. I have celiac disease and I find that I do better without any grain that with some gluten-free grains, mostly for the fact that they're always contaminated. It doesn't matter how much the server at the restaurant reassures me that their rice is not contaminated with gluten. It always is. Um, So I feel like 
you can restrict grains, but if you need carbohydrate, you need to find paleo types of carbs that work for you. So whether it's a higher fruit content, whether it is uh, sweet potatoes or white potatoes, you need to make sure that if you need carbs, you get them from sources other than grains. Remember also the way we have grains in this country is like our grains are terrible. They are all nano hybridized. They're all genetically modified. I have a lot of clients who can't eat gluten here for the life of them, but they go to Italy and they can eat their way through Italy and eat pizza and focaccia and bread and pasta every single day without having a single stomachache or bout of diarrhea. But here it's, our grains are different. So some people, if they're sensitive to grains, I'd say, yeah, don't, don't eat them. Just make sure you're balanced. None of the reactions I thought I was going to get because you didn't actually say, oh my God, that's shitty and horrible. Nobody should do that. It's, it is more about if it works within what your system needs to thrive. Um, I, I don't, I don't, I don't know. I don't, some of, most of those wouldn't work for me, but then here's my other question. It also, there, there is a shift when, um, as we age, right? So what I'm finding now is things that used to work for me in my in my 20s and my 30s and before I had kids or whatever, if I try to do them now, they it's it's a fucking disaster. So um yes. how does that like how I'm does assuming that- you're perimenopausal. Yes, and that little special nugget of my life is uh really fucking up my shit if I'm just yeah. gonna say it like it is. So uh, how how are we supposed to then navigate that? It's you need to make sure, I mean, there's so many components to a menopausal, perimenopausal approach to health uh, that you that you need to figure out for your body. But I am going to say protein intake is number one. You always need to make sure you hit your protein macros because as you age, you lose muscle mass, you lose bone mass and 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 the the mus- the organ of longevity is muscle so you want to make sure that you fuel your muscle through diet so high protein protein is priority protein of high biological value is priority and exercise compounded exercise a weightlifting exercise those are the only two things that will help you retain even build muscle mass and your bone mass as you get into men- perimenopause, menopause, postmenopausal stage, your number one risk for injury is fractures because you lose bone mass as you lose your estrogen production because estrogen is an important hormone for bone remodeling. So absolutely exercise and protein. As far as the majority of women I work with goes, I find that a lower fat diet and slightly higher carb diet is what they need to function, especially for sleep, hot flushes management. And a lot of them need to time their carbohydrate intake wisely throughout their day. Uh, I find that a lot of women need more carbohydrates at night for sleep rest and recovery than during the day, where actually we tend to be more insulin resistant in the morning. So if it works for you, higher protein, lower carb in the morning, steak and eggs. Do you love steak and eggs? Great breakfast for you, most likely. I don't know, I haven't worked with you yet. And (laughs) then you wanna save your carbs for later in the day so that they can help you sleep. I Uh, love this approach because you really do have this like this bit about you that's like literally meeting people where they are and what works for 
their bodies at their moments. And I, I've never actually, I don't think we've ever talked to somebody that has that approach. It's unique and it's special. So your clients, I'm assuming you work with people all over the place, right? Uh, yes. My uh, specialty is uh, fertility and prenatal. Uh, my master of science thesis was uh, how maternal diet affects the health of the offspring through epigenetic and nutrigenomic changes all the way through, you know, throughout the life, the lifetime of the offspring. So it was pretty fascinating stuff. Sorry for the nerdiness, but I do work with women predominantly, a lot of women's health. And then I have an extensive pediatric practice as well. Uh, I don't turn men down, but uh, historically men don't seek uh, nutrition or uh, integrative therapies. They tend to be more of a I'm going to die. Well, when I'm got one foot in the grave, I'll go to the doctor to take a couple of pills. But until then, I'm not going to do anything. That's about right. I know those guys. So Francesca, what is your website and where can our listeners find you? Uh, it's a healthful living sd.com. Uh, the same thing goes for my Instagram. It's helpful underscore living underscore San underscore Diego. I apologize to all for this mouthful. Um, just Google me at Francesca Orlando Nutrition and I'll pop right up in your uh, search engine. You're amazing. And I think your approach and what you're doing and how you're serving this community of women and families is so like so unique and special. I can't tell you how um, just a lot better I feel just from our short 30 minutes here. I hope that everybody else out there this week is paying attention to the food that they're eating. <laughs> And if they're not sure, they find Francesca and they are inspired.